despite being out and everything like that, just for being me and existing, I, I still feel an incredible amount of shame. So I can't, I'm not at that point where I'm proud to be me, if that makes sense. But hopefully in a year or two years time or some point down the track, I could be, well, this is what pride means for me, but I am still in that part where, yeah, I, I feel shame. My name's Ash, and I'm a proud lesbian woman, the community engagement manager at Midsummer, and currently reside on Mirawan Gadarong country. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the lands on which this podcast episode was recorded, the Jajawarung and Tangarung lands of the Kulin Nation, and pay my respect to elders past and present. I would also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the various lands on which you live, work and play today, and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. We recognise the important role that art has played on these lands for thousands of years and feel privileged to work alongside artists continuing the creative practice of one of the oldest surviving cultures in the world. Always was, always will be. The episode you're about to hear is with Sophie Lee, a 36-year-old trans woman who grew up in Perth and now lives in Bendigo. Sophie Lee speaks in a refreshingly honest way about trying to find spaces in a community in which they can truly belong. She also shares how her life and experiences have changed whilst transitioning and the joy of discovering new things. Let's meet Sophie Lee. So I'm... Lee. I live just outside of Bendigo. I live in Heathcote. I'm going to move to Bendigo very soon, but I, I do work in town. I'm, I'm new to the area. Where did you move from? Um, I moved from the city, um, Melbourne. So I was there for about roughly 10 years and before that, uh, Perth, West Australia. The idea of this is to talk to people who are living in regional towns. Yeah. And... A lot of people have been talking about their coming out experience in a regional town, talking about, you know, the challenges around it, uh, the support they've found within their community. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, I guess. So coming out, so I'm out in nearly every area of my life. It is, it's a challenge because you put a lot of stock in what people think and you don't want to lose people. Um, that you hold close. I think it's the same sort of issue that you face when you're, whether you're in town or like Bendigo, for example, or if you're in the city, is the fact that you build your network and you support people and everything like that. And you come out, but everyone knows you as the previous you. And then you have to change that. So you sort of feel like maybe an imposter or that you've been lying to people or maybe they perceive it that way and you have all these hang-ups because you go well hey you knew me before as the guy that did these things and now I'm just the girl that did the does these things um so I think that's a challenge that you're going to face regardless of where you are um I'm 36 turning 37 um it is an older community for the most part that I've observed here in Bendigo. So um, that makes it a little bit different because the challenges that my age group 
faces or has faced compared to the generation past is, is quite different. So um, I said, we're made up of so many different things, but there is still a gap is what I find. Mm. And do you feel, do you actually feel comfortable sharing your coming out story? Or do you think it's important to share these stories? I think it is provided that the person is comfortable with doing it. I don't think it's a mandatory, you must come out. Um, And to be quite honest, I don't like the whole term of coming out because that says like, oh, I've got a secret, I've got this thing that, and I need to put it out there for everybody to accept me for who I am. Um, I, you don't have, in general, like your cis straight people coming up and being like, oh, look, I'm straight, or, oh, I'm this or that. I look at it more as I don't, it's not about me coming out to people. It's about who do I actually want to let in to my circle? Um, yeah, that's, that's sort of how I view it, because it's not really anyone's business yeah. That's so true. And I think that that's, that's what's great about this kind of thing is having conversations about where people are at with these words and what, and experiences. I mean, I like that, you know, letting, who am I going to let in? Mm. Yeah. Like in order to understand and have empathy for other people's lived experience, do you have a way of trying to be more empathetic or more understanding, more accepting, more? It's like everything. You'll try to put yourself in someone else's shoes, but that is... You know, that'll only take you so far. The main thing is, is just listening to what they have to say and making them feel like they've heard because everyone has a story, um, a journey, something that they can share with you and a knowledge that they can impart upon you that they, you wouldn't be able to find anywhere else. So it's just um, showing up and listening. Mm. What does the word pride mean to you? I don't know. Yeah. And and I I say that because despite being out and everything like that, just for being me and existing, I I still feel an incredible amount of shame. So I can't um I'm not at that point where I'm proud to be me, if that makes sense. So what does it mean? I don't know. But hopefully in a year or two years' time or some point down the track, I could be, well, this is what pride means for me, but I am still in that part where, yeah, I I feel shame. Yeah. Sorry to make things all uh, like down and depressing, but that's just the honest answer. Yeah, no, thank you for being honest. Mm. Do you, um, are there ways that you're working through that shame at the moment? Um, I'm going to say yes, and each day's a little bit better than the last, but there is, there's a number of external factors, um, which I'm working on, but for example, pronouns, that's, that's a pain. Uh, it's like work, we go to the effort um, of putting people's pronouns at the bottom of their signatures and a variety of things like that. But that's not respected. You know, even if it's just like pronoun, 
they them. Just let's keep it simple. We'll just we'll do it that way. That's fine. But when it'll always be like, oh, he's here, man, that sort of stuff. It's um, I feel shame in some ways because that's um, yeah. I I just I do feel it because other people don't respect it, so it makes it at least on a subconscious level, feel like a bad thing. But this is stuff that I'm working through and it just takes time and say like resilience building. Mm. Yeah. Do you think other people can help with what you're feeling? Yeah. I mean, I definitely have um, allies. We'll say like um, just within the work environment and that. And I think you see them they do come in and they stand up for you because you're not always strong enough to speak up for yourself. And so it's those people who do step forward and go, hey, that's not cool on your part, um, does make a difference. And, yeah, I've been very fortunate um, to have that. Mm. And you people might not think that it'll make a difference, but it it really does, Um, which I always thought – oh, no, I'm a strong person. I don't need allies. I'll stand on my own and everything like that. But the further and further that you go down the the transition or the the rabbit hole, you do just collect these burdens and things do get heavier and heavier. And you would think it would be as simple as just going, hey, this is my pronoun or I don't like that. But you're just so taxed that sometimes the most simple task is just so hard and so overwhelming and just for you to get up and walk away for a table excuse yourself and go to the bathroom and then one of your friends later go yeah that person who was being a little bit unpleasant i i set them straight like that means the world because we just don't always have the strength to do it so i have allies they're good and i just think everybody if, if you could just speak up when you see something wrong, it w- does make the world a difference, even if you don't get that recognition. Mm. Yeah, I agree. That's good. So you're 37, 36. Yep, 36. but how old do I look? Younger. Yep, that's, that was the right answer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I might come back. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Now I'm just mindful of the time. It's 1.35. If you're you're keen to come back. Would you like me to come back? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Are you just saying that? No, I'd love you to come back. I will. Yeah. I'll come back. I'm not sure how long the funeral is going to go for. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm here till about four-ish. Yeah. So. Provided you're not busy. Yeah, more than happy to. Yeah, if it's not out of your way. I took the day off work, so. Did you? Take two, part two. Part two, yep. How are you feeling since being out of the studio and coming back? Yeah, well, I went to um, a, a friend's funeral and, yeah, now I'm I'm back here. So I'm feeling as well as one can given the situation. But, yeah, thank you for having me back. Yeah, that's okay. It's good to have you back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess what I wanted to touch on... Because we talked about pride, the meaning of pride to yeah. you. And you touched on shame and so on. Yes. Yeah. 
are you comfortable talking a little bit more about that? I'm I'm more than comfortable yeah. to talk about whatever you ask. Well, I, I guess by comfort, I mean just fire away. If I'm yeah. not comfortable, you'll just say so. I'll just be like, nah, I'm not comfortable. Yeah. So yeah, I'm pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, let's just go back a little bit. So you grew up in where did you grow up? Uh, West Australia, Perth. Okay. Perth, West Australia. What were some of the challenges mm. you faced mm. growing up in in Perth and as a young person? Ah. Geez, that's a that's a fun one. Um, so as we said before, I, I am transgender. One of the things, and I'll call it like the trifecta. I got that. So a number of people who are transgender will also have ADHD and will also be on the autism spectrum. So um, I lucked out, and yeah, I got got all three things. So being an ADHD hyperactive child at school that was um that was hard I think I had seven different primary schools one for every year yeah and not really relating to people so like those skills have come over time by reading psychology books and just general people interaction but yeah so that also factors in but that was probably my biggest challenges I think yeah did you have any particular support or people that helped you along the way? No, not not overly. Um, you just have this uh, inner feeling as though I am not on the same operating system. I'm not the same as other people. And you come to realise it, but you don't have a word for it. And so you try to fit in and you, you do all this stuff. But, um, yeah. No, I didn't, but as I've gotten older and I've uh, addressed the uh, the transgender uh, quote issue, um, the other things have all just sort of fallen in line. So I've been able to put a word on it and um, yeah, been able to address that better. Hmm. When did you come to an understanding that this is who you are, first of all? Okay, so that would have been, sounds cliche, but somewhere between the age of three and five, I realised that yeah, brain, body, there, there's not a proper alignment there. So, yeah, there was that. Um, I attempted to address all of it when I was 17 or 18 by seeing a psychiatrist. Um, but, yeah, that was 36... 18-odd years ago, and it was a lot more black and white back then. You'd sit in the doctor's um, psychiatrist's office, and their idea was it's like, well, if you're transgender, you have to have uh, sex reassignment surgery, or SRS, and you need to do this, and you need to do that, and it was sort of rigid, which was quite off-putting if you don't fit into that mould uh, 100%. So I found that off-putting. Um... And yeah, it was just um, it's about mid-2020 because I had trouble focusing and I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was a bit younger. And I'm like, I'm having issues, let's address it. There was a little box that you could tick that said, oh, maybe I have gender issues. And um, when I went to see the psychologist and I was just sitting there and I was looking at the form and I go, oh, well, I'm here for this other thing and there's all these boxes to tick. Yes, I do have this, but it was so black and white before and I ticked the box. And then, yeah, then 
started hormones the start of December 2020. So yeah, and a lot of time, pandemic, lots of things have happened since then. So that's oversimplification of the process. But wow. Yeah. Yeah. How did COVID, how did the pandemic impact that <clears throat> journey? Um, I liked it. I really did. Um, so I have trouble looking people in the eyes in general. And you feel so judged, um, and not not now. You're doing wonderful. I don't feel judged at all. But when you're you're sitting opposite a psychiatrist in person or a psychologist, and there's the mm-hmm, and then they like look down, they start scribbling in their pad. Um, yeah, I got to avoid all that when dealing with this sort of these issues. I would jump on the ride on lawnmower, drive out to the top of the hill in the paddock. And I'd sit there and I'd have my appointments that way and it was much more calm and in control. I didn't have to feel like there was that judgment. So in that sense, um, I, I found it really, um, I, I found it easy. You would literally jump on the ride on Lawn Mower when you said Yeah, that? yeah. No, so I live, I live on um, <laughs> about 20 acres. So I would, yeah, I just go... I'm just going to jump on the ride on, drive to the top, sit on top of it with feet up in the air and just with my headset on and I just chat to a psychiatrist or a doctor that way. So I've eliminated my commute time. I don't have to have those feelings of being judged in person. So it was it was a lot easier than it had ever been. Mm, you are able to just feel more open to communicate or easier to communicate with that person. Yeah, you've just eliminated yeah. from the whole situation those feelings of judgment of sitting opposite someone. And also if for a number of people with ADHD, you you struggle with organising, you forget things, you get flustered. And so if you've got to drive an hour to two hours to a doc's appointment and then back again, that's a whole day gone. And then you're stressing the whole time and... Yeah, it's a nightmare. So COVID was, was a blessing in some ways. Did you have much family support? Uh, no. No. <laughs> yeah. No, I haven't. I, my family's not been supportive. They've not been bad or bigots either. It's just this, it's like a disinterest. Um, best example I could give is I legally lodged the paperwork say a few weeks three weeks ago on Saturday I went and put it in the express post box to send it to WA to change my name and I was quite happy and once I'd put that letter in the letterbox give it five minutes I called my mum be like hi mum how are you she's like I'm good how are you and conversation ends up being I'm like I'm feeling great I just lodged the paperwork to change my name and uh, there's like this millisecond of, of pause and it's followed up by well I'm thinking of going to see Avatar at the cinema this weekend do you know if it's any good and yeah yeah your heart sinks a bit um so yeah there's not been the support but it's not been like a backlash either it's just sort of a state of eh we don't care so which hurts no my, my family I love them because my brain chemicals say that I have to 
Um, but no, they've not not been overly supportive. And but that's where I have found great community um, within Bendigo through yeah. Zara and, and others. And yeah, so it's been it's, there's there's a number of different families. So there's the one you're born into. There's the one you marry into. And there's you know there's the one you make. And um, yeah. One of those sucks for me, but, you know, I make up for it. How did your relationship with this community begin? Was that an easy slide in to this community or did you seek it out and you felt really welcome? I like to research things and um, I'm not, well, I don't believe I'm impulsive. So I did look and see what was around and, like everyone now, did it from the comfort of home with uh, the internet and I just searched and just to see what services were available around and to find people in similar position as me. And, yeah, just led to this group. Like it sounds like it's been important. It's play, it plays an important role in your life. Yeah, so <clears throat> it does, and it's not anything that I ever really wanted because I, I want to just start transitioning and then just fly under the radar, just assimilate into society, not be someone who marches at a pride festival or really engages in community. I just wanted to be like everyone else and just to fit in and go unnoticed. Um, but that but that didn't happen. And But I f- found support and friendship within this group, which is good because... Um, but it's also scary, any of these sorts of groups, because in your mind you're going, well, I'm the only trans person I know, and I know that my family might not get it, and my friends won't, and they'll feel like maybe I've lied to them for years, and uh, yeah, it took a lot to go to one of these events, because I just went, well, what if I meet with other trans people, and they don't like me, and then I'm not only being, re- feel rejected in my other life, but I'm also not good enough to fit into this community. But there's none of that. It's wide range of people, different ages, warm, welcoming. Yeah, so it's been been great. Mm, that's reassuring, hey? Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel um, that one day you will be able to let go of the shame? Foresight's a wonderful thing. Um, I, I, I hope so. But I, I, I think I let go of a little bit each day, and then one day I'm, I'll probably just stop and go. Oh, wait, I'm not feeling that anymore. I'm feeling pride. So, I, I see it happening, but I can't pinpoint a date. Hopefully soon. So, what's next for you? In in your my my journey. Yes, your journey. Oh. You want to call it. It sounds really corny, doesn't it? Because we're all we're all on a journey, yes. regardless. Yes. Um, reassessing myself, my life, my choices, and I'm possibly looking to change career, move into something more uh, policy driven, where I can actually affect some sort of change in the community. So, um, yeah, I'm watch this space. I'm not sure, but I'm would like to make a move more into government where I can affect change for the broader community. Um, but other than that, personal goals, um, 
may look to get facial feminization surgery towards mid to late end of year and I don't know, just one foot in front of the other, take what life has to throw at me and yeah. What are your hopes for the future in terms of what happens in the LGBTQIA plus community? I hope it just gets better. That's that's all. Better healthcare, better services. Um, like I, we lose far too many of our young ones, and we have because th- th- this isn't an easy journey. And yeah, I would just, I'd like to see it just better for the next generation, and so on and so forth. That we keep building on what we have. Um, don't want to take any steps back people being comfortable expressing who they are and yeah just not having to cop crap from society or anyone just yeah that's that's what I'm hoping for community have you got anything else that you would like to share so I had a, it was, it was quite interesting because I do volunteer work and did have a little bit of a confronting um, experience on the weekend that made me just stop and reflect on a few different things and you will hear people go, oh, why did you choose to be a woman or why do you choose that? And you have to explain to them, I, this isn't actually a choice. Um, I've had a lot of great experiences so far. I met some awesome people, but I've also copped um, a little bit of backlash from the public. Um, I have I have been assaulted. Um, yeah, it's it's just this this weird thing where it's almost like you take your white male privilege card and you just trade it in for people not listening to you as much, not having respect for you, for assault, for uh, having friends pass earlier than they should have. So it's it's not easy from, from my end, and I'm a lot luckier than a lot of others. But, um, yeah, it's just, that's all I got. It's not, it's not a choice. It's really hard. Um, but it is worth it. And I, I think one of the important takeaway, whether it be yourself or anyone else who, who listens, and I'm not sure what will make cut or not, but it's it's a case of um, pronouns are important and they mean a lot. You people stuff up, and that's that's fine. There's no maliciousness, but just being able to go, oh hi, my name is Lee, and my pronouns are these, or vice versa. Um, you know, it's it's a good way to make people feel comfortable yeah Mm. be respectful um because it it is it is hard and just the fact that someone like you is doing this like helps do you think well we'll see i mean it puts a message out right like and people might look at this as some sort of educational thing where they'll go oh what's this podcast what do i want to listen to and yeah if the takeaway is 
that person is trans female, they keep getting called a he, well, when they get up and leave, maybe someone says something and sets that other person straight. Not in an aggro way, but, yeah, allies definitely make a difference and they are needed, so, yeah. podcast is released every Tuesday and Friday and could not have been possible without the support of our local community partners, Midsummer and the Fair of Victoria portfolio of the Victorian State Government. Throughout the series, you will hear firsthand the successes, hopes, dreams, fears and struggles of diverse members of our community. Pridefinder, the Rainbow Road Trip was a travelling project commissioned during the 2023 Midsummer Festival as part of the State Government's initiative, Victoria's Pride. Helen Thomas, an award-winning creative audio producer, journalist and queer ally, developed a mobile story studio with the purpose of encouraging connection, cultivating empathy and preserving people's experiences. As much of Victoria's queer history relies on verbal recount, Midsummer, Helen and the Pride Finder connected with regionally living LGBTQIA plus Victorians to help capture their unique stories. These conversations are frank, honest and reflect the language, thoughts, history and opinions of the individual. Views may not be shared by Midsummer or the Victorian State Government. Please keep yourself safe and refer to the show notes for specific triggers related to each episode. If something in this podcast has made you feel uncomfortable or brought up challenging feelings, please seek support from a loved one or from one of the helplines listed at the bottom of the show notes.